Hello? Yes. Hello. Um, yes, this is Sylvia from The Daily. Is this author Mark Anthony Rossi? Yes, yes, this is. Yes. Oh, well, uh, good, good evening, Mark Anthony. Thank you so much for having us today. I am Sylvia Stein. I'm indie author Sylvia Stein. I'm calling from The Daily um, on Anchor, and I'm so happy to have you on our show. And for those of you, uh, for those listeners that are tuning in tonight, um, what would you like to say about yourself so we can get to know you a little better? Okay. Oh, well, I'm, I'm originally uh, from, from New Jersey, um, mm-hmm. Italian descent. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I spent uh, a number of years in the Air Force. So I was able to travel around the world a lot. Oh, uh, I worked in government uh, for, uh, for quite some time. And mm-hmm. now I, uh, in, in sort of semi-retirement, I work for the phone company. And I've been writing for the last 30 years. So I've had 15 titles out. And wow. the most the most recent book, Waking the Line, is all about writing. It's all about all the various essays and articles I've written over the last thirty years about writing in mm-hmm. poetry, fiction and, and in playwriting. So I wanted to um, talk about that and, and of course I'm very excited about the online journal I was able to put together with some friends called Aerial Chart that came out about six months ago. It's been a, a dream for some time now and it's great to be able to to do that it's going so well so we're very very happy oh well thank you my goodness just on the intro itself you you've had quite you have quite a repertoire of things that you've done sir you know i have to say you know first the you know of course the military you know you told us you're of italian descent from new jersey and you you were in the military and you you know you you then you're also uh, a established poet writer author and you you know you have you i think you mentioned you had 15 titles out right that you've written okay and from that right now you're focusing on a book called waking up the lion which focuses on writing and um basically it it talks about the works that you i think you said something about the works that you've written to help other writers is that correct yeah a a lot a lot of in that book is is about various um, forms of writing of uh, poetry and mm-hmm. short fiction and, and, and even drama so it'll explain a lot a lot of things I've done in the past and also things that maybe writers can can use to improve on or, or give them some sense of the long haul because that's one of the problems yes. with writing especially with some of the younger people that you might meet on Facebook is they don't get a, they don't get a sense that this could take your lifetime this is not something that happens tomorrow and if they're looking for something fast this is probably not the field for them because writing is about it's about not only the present but the future it's not something that's yes. going to succeed this tomorrow and it's a, yes. it's a real uh, it's a real problem so it's good to have a book that explains literally a lifetime of doing that and i still expect to have a another lifetime afterwards of doing it yeah, exactly, exactly, and and that, that's very important, and this is why it's so exciting. Of course, I love speaking to authors, especially for you taking the time today out of your day to be on the daily here on this show on Anchor. One of the main focuses of this show is to, you know, uh, talk about writing and helping other authors and writers, which you've clearly mentioned right from the get-go on for this book. Now, um as far as um, the the types of things, because you cover poetry and, and fiction and short, you know, different types of things, what is um, one take that 
you want to give, especially from this book? Like, what 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 was the idea behind it? Like, when you first started thinking about putting it together, what was your main motivation there? Well, um, for for about a year, I, I had the privilege to, uh, of having a column about writing mm-hmm. in a okay. British publication, and that was going really wonderful. I got some really wonderful feedback because mm-hmm. I was writing specifically about writing. Mm-hmm. And I've done that for years, but I was able to now do it, uh, uh, you know, as a monthly column. And I had noticed, wow, I have all these pieces that have been written over the years. Mm-hmm. Why not put them together in a project? And when that editor decided to go on to a more musical career, God bless mm-hmm. him, he's doing great over there in England. Mm-hmm. You know, he closed wow. that and he talked about, hey, why don't I put this together with everything I've done over the years and, and mm-hmm. make it available to people in, in an inexpensive manner, but in, in an entire book about all these different forms of writing. So uh, I've been thinking about it for years, and I just it's finally got me to push to do it. Wow. And, and I love the title. Is there a specific reason why, where, where you came up with the title, if you don't mind sharing that with us? Because it, it really, like, gives you a, a, like, wanting to get it, like, get, get a copy of it and, you know, and, and buying it. Like, what was your, like, was there, like, you just woke up and thought of the title? Was there, you know, what can you share about that? Sure, and I, and I appreciate the, the question. Mm-hmm. I hear from writers all the time, mm-hmm. and they tell me about fear and, and, and being ridiculed by their family or having to do it in secret, uh-huh. like, it's, like it's a secret life or something. Yeah. But it, all, it, never sounds, it never sounds to me like they're, 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 being, they're being brave or they're stepping out there. Yeah. And I continue to inform them, and listen, you have inside you a, a creative energy just like a lion why not go out there and, and use that to be able to be not only successful in what you're doing but able to tap into your own individual voice because in the end your writer can't be anybody but that person if they try to be somebody else it's why a lot of writers fail I want to be Stephen King no you can't be Stephen King you have to be Hector Lopez you have to be Mark Anthony Rossi you have to be you can't be somebody else because that's the failure right there you have to be able to learn about yourself and when you learn about yourself you'll find out that you're stronger and braver than you ever thought you were before oh my goodness that's just so wow that that all that you just said said right now just gave me chills because it's something so powerful that you just shared with us today on that on that just you know how you you know you came up with your book and the inspiration behind that title and and it's great advice because it is true writing is hard i've had other authors and and writer had another author uh aj brown jeff brown a few weeks uh, a couple of months ago come and share about how how hard it is sometimes to put yourself out there in writing and and there is fear but you have to be willing to fight through it like you said you know it is you you've got to get yourself to believing yourself yes you you know we admire other writers but we have to be like you said Hector Lopez uh, you know the 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 Hector Lopez is the Sylvia Steins or the Mark Anthony Rossi's and all these other writers we have to be our ourselves and we have to be willing to step out out of that fear so that that's just that's just amazing what you just said right now <laughs> well it's, it's it's my deepest belief about how you have to be conducting yourself as a writer so mm-hmm. if, you, if you think about it the moment you define your own voice and you discover who you are yes in a way 
you're waking the line that's always been in you, but it's been sleeping. Now you're waking it, and now you can write about it and go forward. And that's really what it's about in the book and in the philosophy about writing it in, in general. The first yeah. barrier is not filling a page. The first barrier really is finding who you are first. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yes. It, it's And uh, that's just something so important, finding yourself first. And then you can begin on the on the journey of of what it is to be writing or or the journey of a writer, correct? Yeah, exactly. We get too many of these folks that want to be writers, and they've taken that Stephen King philosophy approach about, well, I have to do fifteen hundred words a day, and at the end of the week, let me see what I got. And they continually to forget or overlook the fact that that doesn't mean anything. And if you don't know who you are, if you don't know the direction you want to go to, if you haven't found your voice, yes. you've got 10,000 words that don't mean anything. Exactly, exactly. That, that that's, that's another great point you just said. You have to be your own person, working your own uh, skill in your own, and set your own goals. Like, I did touch up on that on uh, this writer's book I do about uh, scheduling your writing. You schedule what you believe you can do. You can't uh, try to copy somebody else's schedule. You have to be your own, correct? Yeah, you, you, you do because that's a, that's another that's another issue is well, folks will will figure out well if I can fit this into some formula that works for somebody else, maybe that will work for me. Where it's really still about how can you find what you're about, what your life's about, what you might want to write that you feel strongly or, or passionate about. Because if you don't do that, everything you're doing afterwards is hollow and it won't ring true. It's not really going to work very well. And then you're going to be frustrated about, well, there's something wrong with writing. And I always yeah. tell the person, there's nothing wrong with writing. There's something yeah. wrong with your approach. Once you fix your approach, you're going to fix your writing. Yes. Once you fix your approach, you're going to fix your writing. That is correct. That 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 That's something, because it's so real what you're saying. It's, you're speaking honestly. And a lot of times, a lot of people, you know, you'll find that you're, afraid i remember when i first started writing my first story and you you kind of share it and you're afraid because you you don't want to get critiqued but you know in a way you know as as much as we don't want to hear it um you you do grow from that writing and sometimes it's those those teachers that you had or or mentors that you had that kind of pushed you you felt at the time were 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 criticizing you are actually the ones that make you grow. Would you agree with me on that? I, I, I would. And that's a that's a good source of, of early inspiration of anyone who might have been positive in your direction about who you are as a person, mm-hmm. or maybe even who you are as a beginning writer. There's no there's no reason why you can't draw from that. Then you have to go from there because a lot of it afterwards is not about praise from the outside but what you discover in the inside. Exactly, exactly. And you have to be willing to take those those steps. Exactly. It, it, it's so important. And uh, for those of you that have not gotten the book by Mark Anthony Rossi so far, you know, what he said so far, we're talking about his book, Waking Up the Lion. Um, but I wanted to say, uh, Mark, what what is... Um, Something like what uh, when you first started this journey, as because you obviously have a lot of credentials under your belt uh, as a, a futuristic poet, playwright. 
what got you started into writing? We can go back a little bit on that and touch up on that first and then go move forward on your online journal. Uh, what can you share about that? Well, I, I, we all have our own individual story. Mine has always mm-hmm. been pretty simple. Um, mm-hmm. I, I grew up in, in, in New Jersey, in, in, mm-hmm. uh, in Hoboken, New Jersey, where Frank Sinatra, you know, was born and raised. Oh, and awesome. it was a, a rough and tumble place mm-hmm. where um, people often, they made their life decisions based on, well, I'm going to get my card and be in the union and work on the docks, or I'm going to join one of those uh, those crime-type families, and that'll be my career. Or some oh, wow. folks, if, if they were... Um, if, uh, I don't know if you want to call it intelligent enough, but maybe academic enough, they mm-hmm. might be able to uh, want to go to college. And mm-hmm. then other folks like myself, I, I decided to to go to college while I was still in the military. So I wanted to go into mm-hmm. the military, and that's what I yeah. did. I aimed to go in, into the Air Force because I didn't want to stay around there for the rest of my life. As much as I, I, I love being in that community, yeah. in the end, you, you can't really go anywhere until you see the world. So the Air Force was a perfect place for me to see the world, get an education, and then start my writing. Because yeah. I, I started it while I was in school. Yes, and exactly. I'm just like one of those people I'm telling you about. I never told anybody. Because I, I understood that if I let my guard down on the street there, somebody mm-hmm. would likely say, well, Mark was tough on Wednesday. We just found out he wrote poetry, so let's try to beat him up on Thursday. Because that's exactly what mm-hmm. happened. So oh, I kept boy. it a secret for a long yeah. time. Yeah. Even when I was in the military, because you're expected to be a man, you're expected to be strong, and there's yes. a lot of stereotypes, good and bad, that go with that. So for a number of years, I, I kept it to myself, other than the people I sent my writing out to, I didn't exactly. know the goal. I just felt like it, it would cause me problems rather than, than, than not. It was only later on in, in my life that I actually started to open up about it. Otherwise, I just kept it as a secret life. Okay, so basically your 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 upbringing basically it was uh, you know as you mentioned a Hoboken, New Jersey. Is that what you said in New Jersey? That's right. And then you you said that it, although you loved it, there was a lot of things that basically you know the area itself you know was was you know either you worked you know in a factory or you know you you uh, you were going to do you know you resort to a life of crime or. Or you could choose to study and, and, and academically like you did and choose the military and try to live up to, you know, trying to get your, your career started or and, and everything. But for you, the, the passion in writing was always there, in this case, poetry. But you felt you, you have to kept it hidden because, of course, you know, in, as a man, you didn't want to have to share that with you know, in the area that you grew up in and then being in the military, you felt like you couldn't really uh, give your voice at that time, correct? And then you, you yeah. later on, just when you began began the journey where you are now, correct? That, that's right. I mean, I, I wrote extensively while I was in the Air Force for six years. Mm-hmm. Almost all of that time was overseas, all over Europe and, and parts of Asia and wow. North Africa. But when you're serving with people... You know, you're, you're, you're sleeping in the same tent with them in the desert or you're yes. taking a, 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 a shower you know, together in, in a big unit or you're out there with your gun. The last thing you're talking about is, is poetry or writing or, you know, hey, what do you think about Edgar Allan Poe? It's just, it's just not the environment from that. People think that, well, you're not a person they can rely on them because they're thinking about it in the most masculine way possible. Yes, yes. So I realized later on 
you know, that was probably not the, the best thing to do, just to, to hide it. But at the time, it, it was the only thing that came to me. It, it makes sense because mm-hmm. I had to separate the, the two lives, the military and the educational one, yes. and the one of, of writing. Yes, exactly. The writing was for you because that was something that was always in you, but you felt that at the time you couldn't let it out until later, correct? Yeah, yeah. and that's pretty much what I did. I didn't... No one even knew I was a writer until probably the 90s. <laughs> wow. Wow. What a, was, one of the best the kept secrets, huh? <laughs> yeah. That was all I can, that was all I can do. I, I, when, I, when I had met some friends later on when I went back to New Jersey and got involved in politics, I met a few mm-hmm. of them that came out to me and said they were gay. And I'm like, wow, we played together and we did a lot of stuff in the neighborhood. Who would have knew? Mm-hmm. And then I, I shared with them the fact that, hey, in, in a very strange way, I kept something important to me mm-hmm. for more than 10, 15 years, so I can understand, in a way, of being in the closet about something. So yes. we, we had a good laugh about that, but it, it made sense that you don't get to be fully who you're supposed to be until you come out of whatever it is, whether it's writing. Yeah, you have to be true to yourself, and, yeah. and, and you have to be true to yourself in life. Uh, it's not just in writing, but in your own life. You have, If you're not happy with who you are, then you're not going to ever do those things that you have to accomplish. And fear is always a part of that, but you have to uh, overcome that fear, correct? You, you, you do, and, that, and I found that as much as I was able to write and see the world, and mm-hmm. yeah, I, got, I got to go to Italy, which was an, uh, an enormous thing to do. When you're wow, that, that must have been exciting. I can't imagine. Yeah, it's just exciting, uh, seeing and doing everything and, and doing whatever you could to write about it. I always I always felt that the European years of my writing, even though it was the beginning of writing, mm-hmm. it never really touched on what I was able to do later. And it mm-hmm. can't be a coincidence that it was later that I came out more to be who I'm supposed to be as a writer. And that's yeah. when I was able to go into plays and I got plays, you know, produced off, off Broadway. And I got a lot wow. of things done when I was able to be who I'm supposed to be versus, you know, just some tough guy that, uh, you know, secretly wrote a couple of poems and some plays. <laughs> wow. That, that, like I said, it, 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 it amazes me all the, all the things you have accomplished. Yes, you may have taken your time to, to, you know, like they say, the little engine, you know, they could. And the little engine kept going because obviously... You know, you, 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 you built your different, you know, sides of you that you, that you have. And then, uh, then you, you know, you have this whole repertoire of, of a writer, playwright with Broadway. I mean, those are pretty big things, you know, you know, that you accomplished, even though you started in the nineties. Look at, look at all you've done. That's, that's just exciting. You know? Yeah, it's a it's a, it's a strange uh, a journey into all the various writing yes. that I was able to grow over the years. But yes. I, I knew I knew for sure that uh, once I uh, once I came out, so to speak, and just went to doing it, and, and then of course the internet helped to, to bring it more out there. It mm-hmm. was just, it was just more fun. It was more exciting, and in many ways, it was just more honest because then I was able to really say what I wanted to say and, and be who I wanted to be regardless of whatever employment I had I still had that that second yes. life and it was no longer a secret life it was it was open and, and I mean I literally worked in the government and I literally told them hey listen uh, I got a couple of days I got to go to New York and, and sit into the rehearsals help them iron mm-hmm. this thing out so my play can get produced 
so uh, and they were like, okay, because it wasn't a, an unusual thing anymore. You know, wow. I lived in New Jersey, just go over, take a train over to New York, and you know, and do your thing, because that's where the theater was, was being produced at. And then later on, I was able to get produced in other parts of the country, and, and r- right now, I'm almost always getting produced in England. It seems to be wow. a place for, for what I want to do. So it, it's it's been it's been uh, exciting, but. I'm sure that it never would have happened if I kept the old the old line of thinking about just storing it someplace and not telling anybody. You got to, in the end, especially in, in the drama field, you got the network. Yeah. You got to work with other people. And yeah. ironically, the theater is so filled with with gay people, gay directors, gay actors, gay everybody. Mm-hmm. I seemed like I was totally ready for that environment because I was able to tell them my story about. They they heart stories too, you know, and yeah. that really allowed me to connect with somebody who's a straight guy with somebody who's a, a gay guy, and, and have mm-hmm. something important to say that we could feel that we're just not from two different worlds anymore. It really helped me in the in the, in the theater world a lot because there were times where I might have been the only straight person in the entire cast or the entire rehearsal. Mm-hmm. But but basically, you helped each other. It seems like because it looks like you uh, were able to. Uh, embrace all, all the, all of yourself and what you had to do. Like you said, you could live your own life, your, your, uh, your own dream of writing and what you wanted to do from that tough, you know, exterior that that the military, you know, brings on, you know, or as a man, you know, you felt that you had to carry for a long time. And and thank you for your service because I, like I said, my own husband has served in the military, so thank you for your service. And, and all of that, but you're also able to be a gentleman that likes to write poetry, focus on Broadway and plays and, and embrace all, all the differences that the community that you were in uh, helps you do. So, you know, all in all, I think that you've uh, created your, you know, your family, your community, but you're able to open up and and connect and not feel like you had to be embarrassed. So... You know, yeah, that's really the, the the big start of all of this, and I'm just hoping when people listen to this, they they might be going through that themselves. Uh, they, they could be starting off younger, or mm-hmm. I've met I've met a lot of writers that they didn't even start writing until their 40s and 50s when they retired. I was fortunate to do it very early, where mm-hmm. I, I meet people now that just starting, but they're in, they're still in that same that same bracket of you know what do I what do I do? How do I talk to someone about this? You know what? What kind of routines do they have? What what can I evaluate in my home life? Because you know they've they've worked all their life before they started writing. Where I kind of did it while I was working and and traveling and, and all of that. So it's a different experience. But in the end, you start the same way. Uh, how do I discover myself and then go from there? Yeah, embrace your. Basically, what makes us all special is that we all have differences. Whether whether we're we're gay or straight or 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 we're afraid to be you know to let out our writing different uh, we we all come together and and we should all just respect our differences and embrace it and not be afraid and be pulled down by it in this case writing by anything new writers or people that are starting out just embrace everything that makes you and keep going correct that is that is that is correct and, and hopefully that's the, the, the ultimate message to all of this is that mm-hmm. writing is, is really about 
yourself, regardless of what style you're taking or what personal process you're using to, to get your writing mm-hmm. started. If you're not confronting yourself, you're not going to be able to confront writing or even the world. And, and this is really interesting because like, one of the things that uh, the other author, A.J. Brown, talks about is is where, where uh, sometimes readers want to know who you are. Now, they, they know what you've written, but they want to get to know you. And what, what you're sharing now, the knowledge of everything you're sharing right now, Mark, is very important in this book because you're telling us we need to appreciate ourselves first. Like you talk about your own experiences with hiding, about writing poetry, being afraid to share that for the longest time. And it also, you know, helps your inner self uh, to, for those, for everyone around listening, men, women, uh, you know, uh, anyone that's struggling with their own identity of, of what they want to do and what they want to be. This book also helps with that because that's what you're asking in the beginning of the book, correct? About who, yes. who your voice is and who you are, correct? Exactly. You have to start that way. And then from there, you can try to do something that might possibly be wonderful or, or, or unique or, or mm-hmm. in-depth or, or, or something that hasn't been done before. That's always to the goal, but you don't know when you're going to get there. All you know for sure is that until you release your own imprisonment, <laughs> you, you yeah. can't be free. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So this is, like I said, this is a lot of stuff that you've shared so far about your book. So this is, is this, and this can be applied in, in different forms, you know, and for the, like I said, if you haven't gotten uh, Mark's book, Mark Anthony Rossi, um, what, where is your book available, Mark? Do you, you, I know you have it on Pronoun, and you also have it available through uh, many uh, booksellers, correct? Yeah, it's, it's, it's all the major electronic book formats like uh, Barnes and & Noble and, and Kindle and uh, uh, Kobo and um, Apple, Apple Books. And, um, and, and Google actually has their own now. Google Play actually sells electronic books as well, so... I'm surprised how well we were able to sell on, on that too. Mm-hmm. The whole the whole book is a surprise. And all your books are available through Pronoun. Like if people want to read more about you um, and your books, uh, they're all available of everything yeah. you've written. Um, can you goes forever them. Can you kind of tell us like about your? Is it all poetry that you have available for those that want to read more about your books? Um, is it, um, what can you tell us about the different books you've written? You don't have to tell us in detail, but like what, what is it that you've written uh, uh, about your books that you want to share with everyone? Well, there, there, is, there is a few books that, that, that are and have poetry in them. Um, mm-hmm. I, have, I have a couple that are so exact, and um, I have a, a book that has all short fiction in it. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's really a, a, a wonderful one. Some of the earlier writings that, that continue to do well for mm-hmm. me in book form are the books that are about technology and the ethics of, of going too far with technology in our lives. So okay. most of, of my writing and most of my my interviews, they tend to revolve a, around those. I, I get okay. a lot of people from the, from the science or the paranormal area that interview me because they okay. want to know about, you know, human cloning or... You know, is artificial intelligence a good thing for humanity? Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, how, how do you use technology in your life without going too far so you can still stay human or still stay somebody who's not addicted to it, just uses it as a machine mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. puts it aside and still has a life. So I, I talk and write a lot about that. Um, I have a, a, a column in an Indian publication that's a global one where mm-hmm. all I write about is, is ethics of, of people's lives. So I, I write a lot about ethics in, in a lot of these books. So as much as I'm a, po- a poet and a, and a playwright, and I've had a number of books right that collected the plays that have been yes. produced already, I, 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 thought, I speak usually more about the human condition and about yeah. the, the dangers of, of technology going too far. So, so you're also not just fiction, but you focus on the nonfiction part by writing uh, things that are in technology or things that you know that that appeal to people that people want to get to know more about, right? Right. So it, it's a there's a good chance from what I've seen is that folks who might purchase a book like this about writing might never want to purchase a book about science. That that's not something they might care about. Mm-hmm. Where people who who publish who pretty much purchase the science books from those science interviews they might not ever care about playwriting or poetry so mm-hmm. sometimes it's these two worlds of, of writing don't necessarily mix and that's okay i mean yes. it just respects the things that i'm interested in it doesn't mean yeah. that one reader needs to go and get all of these books they might not be interested yeah in it, it makes that's you fine. unique it, it makes you a very eclectic of different things that you're good at correct yeah i just wanted to continuing to write about all the things I was interested in and not be afraid that wow, one person might not understand this and maybe they'll understand that. That's that's fine. You can't you can't ask somebody and, and in good faith or, or, or in just just common sense and, and say, please buy all fifteen of my books. I mean it's just it's it's just, it's crazy to do that. They exactly. have to look at who's interested in and whatever they are that they are and whatever they're not they're not. And you live with that. No, exactly. No, you you touched up on a good point, but It, it, like I said, it, it's very unique because you, you've mentioned, you know, the fact that you've written uh, this book and then books on uh, different poetry books, the different books on the human condition, technology, and then of course you've, uh, you, you're a playwright, and also the online journal, uh, which is also the other side of, of you know, you, you do the writing, and online journal is focusing on the editing part of. Of, of things. Can you share on that and how you got started with your online journal? Yeah, sure. O- o- over the years, just like putting together these uh, these essays for the writing book, mm-hmm. I wanted to get more involved in behind the scenes uh, of, of the publishing world, especially it had to do with poetry and fiction, because mm-hmm. even though I write a lot of nonfiction, my heart's still about those two forms of writing. I love those the most. I write those the most. I just don't always publish those the most, but okay. that's still a big part of who I am. Yes. So I, I decided to become um, um, an associate editor and an intern editor in a number of publications over the last couple of years. Uh-huh. And so to learn about what, how that operates, you know, to get some experience in it. But I was very dissatisfied because I kept working for journals that they didn't seem to have a lot of respect for the writers. They just kept thinking that Uh, I'm only going to publish my friends, or yeah. I'm only going to publish the things that I only like about and nothing else. Uh, I won't like this form, and I'll like that form. Yeah. And, then, and in some cases, uh, uh, which I always felt made no sense, if you're a recurring publication, why can't you take a couple of things that you do like 
that maybe don't fit in this issue and tell the person, listen, if you're okay on holding on to this, I'll hold on to it and publish it a couple months from now. Instead, you just reject everybody. And you reject them with a form letter. You don't tell them anything about what was good or bad about their writing. So you're not doing anything to help writers other than the small handful that you publish. To me, that yes. seemed like, uh, to me, it seemed like a perversion of what we're supposed to be doing as artists. So I get tired and tired of that. And I yeah. kept saying to myself, I want to make my own journal, but yes. I'm not really that technologically advanced. I don't really know how to operate a, a website or even how to make one. Uh-huh. So I eventually found, I found a fellow in Australia and I told him, he was telling me about some of the stuff he's doing on websites. I said, listen, mm-hmm. if I help edit your novel and give you advice on that, can you please help me build this site? So I can actually have my own site. I've been dreaming about it for years. I have no idea how to do it. So he helped me build the site that I can actually operate myself because that's a little more important. If they build it for you and you still know how to run it, then you're not doing any good. So I did that. I I got it registered a number of places, even Poets and and Writers, a a big organization that supports writers. They put it in Mm -hmm. their directory. And uh, we're at at 18,000 readers right now as of a couple of days ago. it's only been out six months. So I was able to publish a lot of people. The average magazine or publication out there rejects 95% of their of their writers. Oh we only reject 25%. I keep 75% of the stuff that send them in. Yeah. But, but you give them a reason to... And that's one thing you, you touched up on that I wanted. I wanted someone so much to share... Uh, in my life, because I've been through it this before, where I've sent my publications to certain, I won't give the names out, but even at school, when I was attending school, they never gave me a reason as to why it was rejected. It, I don't mind the rejection, because that's what makes you strong, but they don't give you critique enough to know why you got rejected. Does that make sense? It, it does, and I felt that the whole practice was not only dehumanizing, it's actually mm-hmm. nonsense. I, I don't believe this this nonsense about, well, I don't have any time to individual. Of course you have time. If you're doing this, you have time. So make some more mm-hmm. time then. If you really care, then do so. I, I handle the poetry on my magazine. I have mm-hmm. a lovely young lady over in Georgia that she handles the fiction. And I told her the same thing I tell myself. Whether you accept or whether you reject somebody, you're going to email them and tell them why. Period. Yes. No form we don't believe in that. Every single person that we work with gets in the very personalized response. And I tell people all the time, hey, I love this poem, but I hate the title. I'm not going to publish it unless you reconsider that. Have a good day. I hope to hear from you. And some yes. people will come back with a great title. And I'm like, hey, that's wonderful. Others won't respond to you again. But again, you tell them yes. the truth about what they're writing is, and you hope that they listen and they learn. Yeah, well, that's the, that's the part of, of the editor. That's where the editor comes in now. Because there's listeners that are going to listen to your to this podcast or interview here on Anchor on the Daily with Silstein, what is the title of your online journal for those that might may want to submit? Because I know there's a lot of poets and people that want to submit yeah. their work. Where would they submit to? Well, if they just go to Google, they just have to type in Ariel Chart, which is two words. Ariel is A R I E L Chart. Mm-hmm. You know, it's on it's on Blogspot, so we converted it from a, a a blog platform into an actual literary website. So 
it, it's been a real blessing. It's very easy to find, and you know the, the guidelines are on there. They're very simple. We don't have themes. Yeah. Uh, we we okay. will accept poems and, and fiction as long as they're not really too long, and, okay. and, and as long as they are, you know, they're not hateful or, or, or filled with some political stuff. Stuff just writing about about art or about your life. Or, and except uh, seven seven out of ten with some censors we, we, we accept uh, what I'll do if I can't fit it in because we're a monthly so if I can't okay. fit it in October I'll tell somebody hey I like this a lot I'd like to do in November with it can I publish it then if you're willing to hold okay. on to it and not send it anywhere else we'd love to have it yes okay so so they basically they, they just need to type up arrow arrow chart and you said it's yeah, spelled yeah it's A-R-E-L is that what you said no, a r i e l, a r i e l, and then chart c h a r t, correct? That's right. Okay, and then you type it in, and then you all can click and find the guidelines of what they're looking for, yeah, and then yeah, uh, blogspot.com and then once you hit that, it comes up with the whole site, and at the top of it will it, it'll show you um you know the guidelines, and, and we have some. Uh, books that will help promote from other writers we try to help uh-huh. our own that that are published on there as well you know there's usually a little little comment about me about what's going on for the month and then it's uh-huh. just all, all the writers we published from the last six months exactly and, and now as an editor do you yeah. i'm sorry you, you were finishing up what what was that sorry uh we only we only publish uh poetry and short fiction that's it we don't publish plays or non-fiction or Anything else? Just those two things. That's all we publish. So poetry and and uh, short fiction, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Well, that but that's a great start for for those that want to get into you know because you do see a lot of people. I know a lot of uh, poets that are you know like where I work uh, at. You know, I write for the coffee house writers, and there's a lot of people that write in the different platforms. They they do poetry. And they're very good at it. So, you know, for all the new poets that want to focus on this, you all may want to look it up and try to, you know, submit some work. But like I said, I've been through this before in other platforms where I've submitted work, but nobody ever tells you why you got rejected. It's just a plain, simple, like you said, non-personalized note. Of why, uh, of no, sorry, it couldn't be accepted, but it doesn't tell you why. And it's always important, as harsh as it is sometimes, to know where you could maybe, you know, it's kind of like when you're in school um, and your professor grades your paper, gives you pointers as to how you could have improved uh, that poem or what, what what you could work on for the next time you submit. I, I don't know if, if that's what, you know, you like to focus on in the editing part or not. Is that something helpful, uh, you think, for other writers? I, I believe so. I mean, I insist upon it for my publication anyway. I know lots of, of journals don't do this, and mm-hmm. I can't help but criticize it because it's not that difficult. I, I just don't believe an editor that tells me, uh, I don't think it's a good idea, or I don't have the time, or it's not really not important. Why be an editor then if you can't be helpful? Because you can be helpful even if you say something bad. I've had to say some bad things sometimes about writing I get in. I mean, it's not in, in a cruel fashion, but I'm like, listen, this line isn't working. This title really, really stinks. This, this, this short fiction piece, it doesn't make any sense. 
it's good writing, but it doesn't make any sense. That it should have a story that makes some kind of sense. But you're sharing stuff with them that I feel is still constructive. It's it's useful, and I I'm surprised every time people come back with the same piece, they make alterations, and it's like wow, how much better is that? Well, it, it's like I said, it's it, it's hard to be an editor, like you said, because sometimes you do have to be harsh. Um, but as long as it's it, it's uh, about the work, that's that's what I always say. As long as it's about the work and it's it's meant to get you to improve, that is something that that's where I say, well, it's meant to help you. But if 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 the writer, you know, and it's hard to put ourselves out there, is not willing to take that look. Or that comment, you know, it's not meant to hurt because a lot of times we're, you know, when I started as a beginning writer, I used to take it personal in the beginning, but I had to learn to grow from the critiques to see, oh, yes, you know, and, and I found that I became a better writer because of those comments. If that makes any sense. It, it, it does. And the comments, I, I feel, are very helpful. We've gotten people mm-hmm. literally come back to us and say, thank you. And, that was useful, and they make some 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 changes, and I'm hoping that that changes, and not just in that one piece, but also changes on how they view things from now on. Because one mm-hmm. of the things I say, and without trying to be humorous, is how are you going to spend a month on a great poem, and then the title it looks like you just made it five minutes ago, and it's horrible. That's just like a complete betrayal of what you're trying to do. Yeah. You got to spend 30 days to write the poem. Maybe you got to spend 30 days for the title. I don't know. But it doesn't, it doesn't happen in three minutes. So you got to be careful with that. It's one of the biggest things we see. And a lot of poets, they take it to heart. Sometimes they even laugh about it, you know, as you write. And, and mm-hmm. it'll help them because, God forbid, they send it to somebody else. And they don't say what I have to say. They just reject it with a form letter. But the poem could have been fantastic. Just the title stinks. But the editor just yeah. took a moment. He saved somebody from having to think they're a bad writer. And, and also, he might actually put something good out in the world. It's not yeah. that hard to be brave. It really isn't. Well, the, the thing is, and this is what I love about what you're saying. You're very straight and to the point. Straight shooter. You say what, what you think. And, 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 and a lot of people, you know, sometimes they pull away from that. But at the same time, what you're trying to do in, in the way it sounds to me, because you've been so successful with what you've done, is you motivate that writer or that person because you've been through your own experiences from what you took from the time that you took to hide your own writing and then you grew from that and after that it seems like it made you stronger like you said like your book says waking up the lion you you took you took the like the, the saying says you took the bull by the horns and you you rattled it like you really shook that and you t- you did it you know you you you've come this way forward and you just want to push others to do the same correct I, I, I do, and that's, and that's true. The, the mm-hmm. funny part is about the book is, in, in many ways, it was about me waking up just as much as them waking up. So it, yes. uh, they should be able to feel that it's just not some guy like lecturing them about 30 years of writing as much as it's mm-hmm. about, I was there before, this is what I did, this is what I've done now. So you mm-hmm. can see that it makes sense and, and it works, and if that's what you want to do, it'll work too. Yes, exactly. If you really want to go for it, Take it and do it. I'm not just trying to lecture. I, I've been through it, and I know you can do this, basically. Correct? Yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty much it in, in, a, in a nutshell. And I'm just, uh, I'm just I, I feel very privileged that I was able to 
put all that together and, and have impact. I, I'm also, believe it or not, I'm very surprised that it, it sold well and that mm-hmm. I've had a, a number of really, really wonderful reviews by people who, who read it and really, really mm-hmm. and, and enjoyed it and, and took it to heart. So it, it was great to see that. that. That took me back more than anything else. I'm not surprised that this book has done well. I'm going to get myself a copy and you'll probably hear me talking about your book on future podcasts uh, of, of, on the daily because I like to focus on books that are are, me- are meant to be helpful for other writers, whether you're starting out, you're already a seasoned writer, or you you know you publish some works. I always want to motivate. So this, this book is a book I want to go out and get. And I was going to ask, do you have that in paperback as well, or is it just an uh, e-book form? Well, I'm hoping I'm hoping next year that that it will be a, a paperback. Okay. The, the the company that that owns Pronoun, which is uh, Macmillan, oftentimes mm-hmm. they'll they'll take certain selections that do well and then produce them as a a paperback. So I'm on that list for that, and hopefully that that that'll happen. But I'm still excited about the the response and, and how well yes. it's done. And oh no, yes, exactly. I, I don't, so I don't really prejudice whether something's paper or electronic or not. But yeah. it's always nice to have something you can hand to somebody, you know, versus mm-hmm. the, the computer. But yes. you know, you, you got to take it how, how, how it goes. And, and the technology, as long as it, you don't you don't let it over overwhelm you, it should be a useful vehicle as long as you yeah. keep it as a vehicle. exactly, exactly. No, I, and I'll get my Kindle version as well too. It, 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 there's not an issue with that either. You're, you're exactly right, but. Um, it, it's exciting to hear that you've gotten rate re- re- reviews, but I, I'm not doubting why, because uh, just hearing you speak about it, I already want to get my hands on reading it and going into it and, you know, and, and, and learning more about what you just shared with us, which is really exciting. And I wanted to let you know also of, of your online journal that you spoke about. I hope to, because I'm gathering a group of editors uh, into a show um, in November, hopefully, and I'm going to ask random questions of each one, and I want to put that uh, that show together, um, and and hopefully, you know, have you come back on to kind of ask you some random questions that you run into with editing, and hopefully, you'll be able to share that insight as well as what you shared with your online journal. So I hope you'll take the time Thank to you. do that as well. Sure, that, that'll be fun and and, and, and exciting. I just want to get that message out there as, as much as possible because I, I'm just I'm disheartened in many ways on how mm-hmm. it's not. I mean, I, I read I read interviews and I listen to interviews from editors all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've I've already gotten interviewed a number of times as an editor mm-hmm. in a couple of major publications, and I read others, and I'm always surprised on how they constantly talk about the theme of their magazine or the style they want, and they never talk about. What are they doing to help the writers? Mm-hmm. Get and and I want to know about what the editors do. Like when you're editor, what what do you help with in writing? That that's my main concern with the, with getting the editors together to speak about what they run into and the different things. Like whether they're uh, author, an editor for authors' manuscripts, uh, online journal like yourself, or anything that you do with teaching and editing. Uh, what? How do you help that person? And those—that's what I'm curious to know. 
that's that's my main motivation for this show in November. So, like I said, I hope that you'll come back on to speak about that and put that show all together. Um, one of the beauties about Anchor is that you can record it and then put it all together, put all the interludes together, and then you just share it with your audience. You know what I mean? So yeah, I do. So so that's exciting for for like you said, technology and what it what you can accomplish with it. So yeah, you can as long as you're. I, I think smart and, and don't let it over, overwhelm you. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. And you've been very patient. Yeah, you've been very patient with me. And I apologize if I cut you out because sometimes the the phone cuts me off, and I'm not used to doing it in this form. So I have to get used to it, and my voice is very loud. So I do apologize. <laughs> it gets it gets a little overwhelming sometimes. My voice does. <laughs> Well, another thing I, I am very excited about on the journal is that we have a, a, a very large international audience. So oh, good. All over the world. I wow. Built uh, into my site, I have statistics, so it allows me to tell, it tells me exactly what country someone came in, exactly what, what poem or fiction they're reading, you know, what, what site they're, they're using to that get That is my very site. exciting. That, that's, yeah, it really is. I, it I, is, I mean, and, and, and like I said, that that must make you feel really great about this online journal that you just started six months ago. And you said you had how many subscribers already? You have 18,000. Wow, in six months. That's quite an accomplishment. Wow, that's exciting. Well, one of the, reason, one of the reasons why is because mm-hmm. we're just sticking to art. We're not doing anything else but the poetry mm-hmm. and the fiction in, in its art form. It, there's no politics involved. And a perfect example was I, I met this fellow online. His name mm-hmm. is, he's a professor in Puerto Rico. His name is Nito Latoro mm-hmm. Lagares. And he said, I'm going to write some poems about what's going on with the disaster here in Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. So he sent me three poems. They're called the Urgent Poems for Humanitarian mm-hmm. Census. And for the first time, instead of doing something individualistic, I put all poems together under that title. And I said, wow, this is some great work because... He touched upon this disaster, and he touched upon the human condition and the strength of the Puerto Rican people. Of the people. people. Yeah, and, and by doing that, he became, on my site, this month, the most read of anything ever written on the six months. I mean, it's amazing the amount of people that have read what he's done. He was excited to hear about it. I was excited because one of the first yeah. things I told him was, listen, don't take this the wrong way. But when it concerns Puerto Rico, all I'm hearing about is the weather or politics. I'd love mm-hmm. to see something written that's just about the, the people and what's going on there. And that's what he did. Yeah. That's what writing is so great about. And he did something that went beyond art into something that's beautiful. And, and I'm just real yeah, proud Yeah, he of made it about about the beauty of it and not the, not the constant uh, negativity that you hear. Because that, that's the one thing I try to keep. And I'm not putting anyone down that does all, what they do. But my show is just about uh, putting the art out there and that I, I keep I, I always try to keep the politics out because there's enough politics out there for everyone. So that that's one key thing that you touched upon that I really do agree with. I, I definitely most agree and, and I can't wait to look at the poetry on your online journal so I can find out more about these wonderful writers as well. Oh, yeah, he did, he did an inc- incredible job. And I'm, and I'm telling you that if, if he were to, to listen to someone criticize him about, well, you didn't mention this or you didn't do that, 
it would be, it would be ridiculous because what he did reached people more than anything else he could have done yeah. otherwise. Because it focused on what the the pain uh, of what they endured, however, but there's that uprising about what the 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 team of the people working together. It's kind of like I hear the the stories in Mexico when Mexico had that earthquake, and you see the story about how the the communities rallying up together to 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 help uh, the the people in the earthquake. Those are the uplifting stories you want to hear. They're heartbreaking, but they're also great. Like in Texas, when that hurricane occurred, um, uh, Harvey, and then you see how people strength pulled them together to help each other. Those are the stories that you want to hear. You know, there's a lot of heartbreak out there, but you want to see the inner beauty of what the what what the the humankind can do for each other. Does that make sense? I, I wish, yeah, and I wish that there, there can be more out there. So in many ways. You know, sometimes poetry can be like the CNN of the soul because you're not going to hear it on on the TV. You're not going to hear the the stories of when Iran has an earthquake and they hate Israel, but then they'll accept the Israeli uh, investigators with the dogs because they can sniff out people and help them rescue them out of the mm -hmm. rubble. That that happens on a regular basis. You just don't hear it promoted. But no, you, you yeah, you need to. The two countries can work together. Yes, you need to focus on positive things and and I, I'm glad your online journal is doing that for all the readers and writers and all the communities that are listening I really I'm really glad that you brought this up you know you shared this with us today Mark because like I said you are full of a lot of repertoire you have so many ca caps that you wear um, and but one of the biggest things that I took from this interview is that you you're very honest You say it like it is, and and sometimes that's the way it has to be, you know. And 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 that's one one of the things about your book that I'm th I'm sure pe people that are listening are going to take is the honesty in it and what you're trying to accomplish to to push them to to um, take on the beast and and not fear it, but basically, like you said, wake it up and and fight and 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 get yourself up and and rise from it. Correct? Oh yes. That's the way to go. It really is. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And there is there something that we don't know about you that you have because you've shared so much today. And I want to I want people to connect with you and hopefully they'll call in to to you know to share what they thought of the show here on the daily with with Phil Stein and get and get uh you know call in and share what they thought of your interview, Mark. And uh, is there something you would like to add to the listeners before you go? Well, I, I think in the, in, uh, in the bottom line, for, for writing or even just for, for people living is you have to be able to find the truth about who mm -hmm. you are and, mm -hmm. and use that not only to make you a better person, but to make you a, a writer and even a better writer because there's a real chance that what you write is going to affect somebody and it might affect them in a way that to help improve their life. We keep thinking about making the world better as some hard accomplishment about cleaning the oceans or, you know, not making sure the whales are killed or having nuclear mm -hmm. weapons everywhere. And we seem to forget that sometimes making the world better is just making something happen for a day or two. That might happen with your writing, and that's still an important thing. Exactly, exactly. And like I said, it's been an honor to have you here on The Daily, here on Anchor. 
with, uh, with on this show with with Phil Stein, which is myself. I really appreciate the time you took to be here, and I am going to put the links on the when I share the link on Anchor. I'm going to try to add as many links as I can. I don't know if it'll allow me to do that, but I will um, make sure when I share it on the Twitter and Facebook to add uh, Mark's uh, information on Pronoun and all the other websites. So that if you want to connect with him, you're able to do that. Now, is there something else? Is there another place they can connect with you if they want to speak to you or write to you or anything like that, Mark? I, really, just the the uh, online journal itself, because the, the email goes directly to me as the, as the editor. So okay. That's, that's it's arielchart at gmail dot com. So that's that's the main one. Well, this has been very very exciting, and like I said, I really appreciate you taking the time to be here on on the daily with Silstein, and thank you so much for your patience. Technology hasn't been my friend lately. You've been very understanding, and I do appreciate you um, being here again. And thank you so much for taking the time uh, out of your day to be here. And I hope that you all will tune into the interview. I will upload it to Anchor as soon as it's available. I will share it. And um, like I said, thank you so much again, Mark Anthony Rossi, for being here today. Uh, It's been an honor and a privilege. Thank you, and, and God bless. God bless you, too. And thank you so much. Bye-bye. And thank you, everyone, for joining us here on Anchor. This has been The Daily with Phil Stein. And uh, look out for the interview with uh, amazing uh, futuristic poet and author Mark Anthony Rossi and his amazing book, Waking Up the Lion. I hope you will check it out uh, and his other books and, of course, his online journal. Be sure to check all that out. And this is Phil Stein from The Daily here on Anchor saying... Farewell. We'll see you later. Bye-bye.